Jesus did heal a slave once, but not to free him, to get him back working. Because this is how slavery was back then. They didn't see it as a problem because no one did. And if you had been back there, you wouldn't have either. You're not better than Jesus or Ulysses S. Grant. You just came later. God, that is so good. It's go, so good and so smart. Why, why is only, you know, why are only over 50 liberals like Bill Maher and Matt Taibbi and others were willing to say that sort of thing? You know, and the way he put that is so good because it exposes the incredible egotism of presentism. The the presentists who, who knock, you know, whomever uh, for... Uh, uh, racist attitudes, you know, in 1830. What they're suggesting, they don't say it out loud, but what they're suggesting is I would have been just like I am now. I'd have been right there in the village square, Knoxville, Tennessee, telling everybody there need to be reparations and freedom. And re- I would have absolutely, because I'm that brave and noble. Oh, my ass. You'd have been, well, as Mars said, You'd have been the same. And you'd have been anti-colonialism. Oh, yeah. Our country sure. shouldn't go around the world and claim various places for uh, for France or Germany or wherever. <laughs> Earlier in that very same thing, you made the point about uh, Ulysses S. Grant statues being toppled or something like that. He said, well, this was the guy who fought the other statues you're taking down, you know, when they were still alive and could fight back. A little braver, if you ask me. That's good. Oh, that That's is strong. Good. You know, yeah, and, and these people would have been crusading against, uh, you know, fighting the Indians and the rest. Of, of course you would have. You have to give a guy like Bill Maher credit for saying this stuff, too. It's not doing him any good with his audience. Nope. He's, he's telling a lot of his audience stuff they don't want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, he's asking a lot of them. Actually, I hope that's not true. I hope a lot of the people who watch Bill Maher say, yeah, I'm glad you're saying that. Finally, somebody. So, yeah, somebody's saying that. That's not on the right, so they'll, maybe they'll take you seriously. Well, to that point, I'm about to tweet out to what Sean, what I was doing when I was supposed to be in the studio a few minutes ago, watching a new video by Ryan Long, who is the the brilliant guy who who did that video, woke and racist, who are friends and how all their attitudes are the same. It's got he's got a new video, and again, we'll we'll post it at ArmstrongandGetty.com and tweet it out, but. Uh, it's it's a would-be pickup basketball game, and left and right are trying to recruit players. And left is so demanding and off-putting, nobody wants to play with him. Um, and and I think I hope I hope that the the psychosis of the woke progressive types is is running off enough liberals that they're thinking, okay, listen, I'm not a conservative, but I'm not that either. And they wake up, you know, to that end, I've been meaning to talk about this. Uh, oh, what the heck did I do with it? Oh, there it is. All right. Okay, here we go. Here's the thing right there. I uh, got this note from uh, who, Matt. He passed it along. Um, the University of Southern Maine is requiring students and faculty to sign an anti-racism pledge um, and collecting the names of whoever signs and whoever doesn't. Uh, let's yeah, I have a friend who uh, retired early from a university because it wasn't this particular thing, but I think it was the pronouns thing. It was just more and more pressure on faculty to go along with these various things, and he said, that's it, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't sign that. Um, so the president of the university, he goes on a rant in Black Lives Matter, period. Um, 
and then uh, it goes various historic uh, this, that, and the other. You know how it goes. But um, we must never tire of, of declaring that Black Lives Matter. Um, please consider signifying your commitment to practicing anti-racist behaviors. And he quotes Ibram Kendi, one of the uh, big writers of this stuff, uh, by completing the form below. And uh, then they they fill it out, and it's signed by various deans and the rest of it. And uh, here's your full name, your email address, and your title or class year at the University of Southern Maine. But don't worry, we won't. Uh, there will be no uh, uh, desirables or undesirables list. Um, although you know, obviously, anybody who doesn't sign it, the word will get out. And was it? Um, Ah, yeah, and and then Matt says, "Will those who fail to be uh, fail to sign be forced to wear signs in the struggle session?" Which uh, sent me to the internet to remind myself of the particulars of the struggle sessions, and that was uh, a form of public humiliation and torture used in the Communist uh, Party of China during the Mao era. The long and short of it is, the victim of a struggle session was forced to admit various crimes before a crowd of people who would verbally and physically abuse the victim until he or she confessed. Struggle sessions were often held at the workplace of the accused. They are sometimes conducted in sports stadiums where large crowds would gather if the target was well known. And often you'd be beaten to death. But, uh, yeah, struggle sessions at universities, that's got to be next, right? Well, it's amazing. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Uh, we should have mentioned this earlier. I feel bad that we did not, because this is huge news if you're a gun owner, especially in California, and it's probably a big news for the entire country, because often what happens in California spreads to the rest of the country. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court. As soon as I hear that phrase, I usually think, uh-oh. uh-oh, what's coming now? What insane ruling is coming now? But on Friday, they threw out California's ban on high-cap ammo magazines. Wow. They said that's unconstitutional. You're kidding. I know. It's huge news. Wow. Um, so I don't know how quickly that takes effect, but I'm going to go out and get one. I don't even have a semi-automatic gun. But... Rifle? Oh, you don't? Not even a handgun? No. I'm wow. a revolver guy. Oh, look at your doctrinaire. Come on. Come on over. Try them both. They're I'm, both wonderful. I'm a revolver guy. But they they had a ban in California on any magazine holding more than 10 bullets. And the Ninth Circuit, which just has made some of the... They're the most overturned court in the land, right? By far. Uh, by the Supreme Court, where they say, all right, Ninth Circuit, we're going to have to slap you, you down again, again with your craziness. Right. But they said that strikes at the core of the Second Amendment, the right to armed self-defense. Which, to a lot of us, always seemed to be the case. How are you telling me I'm not allowed to have more than 10 bullets in my gun when I'm defending my own home? Right. In what way am I, you know, uh, what is that, the right to bear arms? Right. Well, the so, Ninth Circuit agreed. So clearly unconstitutional, the Ninth Circuit said yeah. so. That's that's astonishing. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of something Tim Sandifer tweeted, um, and I, I thought I commented on it. I did a gun uh, training class several years ago. I think they were illegal at the time, which was probably not the best idea for this gun class, but they had 20-round mags, and that was sure a lot easier for uh, for the stuff we were doing to not have to reload all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. God, in a, in a, in a, you know, I think the chance of you're ever going to end up in this situation is an amazingly small, but I'd rather have a gun than not when it comes. Um, it'd be so easy to go through 10 rounds when you're so scared and you don't have any idea what you're doing. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Indeed. <laughs> click, click, click. Uh-oh. Uh, so I found the thing that I was talking about. Jack, you're an excellent uh, candidate, actually, for morality pills. <laughs> <laughs> this is from an ethicist at Western Michigan University. Mm. Morality pills may be the U.S.'s best shot at ending the coronavirus pandemic, according to one ethicist. Somebody commented on this. Why are most ethicists monsters? (laughs) And it's true. There are an incredible number of ethicists who have no ethics. But the idea is some people are not doing the right things COVID-wise. And there are other examples of how society would be much better if people weren't nearly so selfish. And this ethicist is recommending we have obedience pills and give them to people who won't comply. And he's serious. What the hell's an obedience pill? This is do, do these exist, or is he just saying in theory if they did exist? Well, they do in a way. Um, it's and in the straight on of uh, straight out of Brave New World by Huxley, but um, it would be essentially. Um, Sedatives, um, the the drug in in Brave New World is called Soma, and it just it makes you happy. You're stoned, you're stoned and compliant. And this guy, this ethicist, thinks because you know stubborn, non-compliant people are getting in the way of utopian visions for society. We give them, we get them stoned, huh. and make them comply. So you're not talking like cuckoo's nest where they give you the lobotomy. Um, similar, but chemically. Um, and it's astonishing. These, these people, they, they take it themselves seriously. The evidence uh, from experiments he describes are uh, usually everyone loses because people won't cooperate. Um, and, and the long and short of it is that by not cooperating with your plans, you're hurting other people. And so we therefore have the right to, to drug you. And Tim Sanderfer writes, my God, force, and this is a quote from the article, force people to take drugs that will make them work for the common good. What could go wrong? I'm telling you, there are some notions kicking around right now that are just loathsome. Anyway, fight them. Fight it! Fight it! Fight it! Uh, text line still open. If your kid has started school, how is it going? Is it better this year or... Any snafus? So far, I've gotten mostly snafus. Of course, it is the nature of social media to complain more than to praise. I don't know if you've noticed that at all. Uh, Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. How many people have you run into saying, boy, that's going well? Not a single one. Yeah. Not one yet. So. (laughs) So there's that reality. Tired of the vid. You tired of the vid? Oh, so tired of it. We had that conversation in our house over the weekend. Just so over it. Yeah. Yeah, we we, we kind of had a, um, and we've talked about this before, we kind of had a thing with like real life stories where we want them to be like TV shows. They kind of have a story arc. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of interested in it, and then you're over, and then it needs to resolve, and you move on to something else. Right. When real life intervenes and doesn't resolve, it's now boring story. It's like the 57th episode of something. Yeah. I lost interest 13 episodes ago. Yeah. It sucks. Well, maybe sucks if you take Everything your, about it your obedience pill, you know. We could get rid of the I vid. Walked, I walked into a store the other day. I don't remember what it was. Uh, food, something. I walked in there, and they said, how's it going? And I said, this whole COVID thing sucks. And the person who worked there said, yeah, it just sucks. And neither one of us had, like, there was no, like, joy or irony or no. anything out of that. It was just two guys saying, this sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Yeah. <laughs> 
tell you what, that's human beings connecting. That's it's the there's a beauty to that. Well, that's a weird place to be. Yeah. We greet each other with that. Yeah. This sucks. You're right, it does suck. Sucky. I'll take sucky, two of those. All suck, right. Suck. Have a sucky day. You have a sucky day. Too. I will. Guaranteed. <laughs> well, I'll have sucky days. Good times. Every one of my platforms. I don't know your platform. You keep changing stuff up. Over there. What is his problem? Just come play on my team. We'll dunk all over him. Hi, police. Yes, I'm being verbally assaulted by a right-wing lunatic. If you could send troops. Also, I'd like you to be defunded after this call. <laughs> that is funny stuff. Another one of those videos from the guys who brought you the, uh, what was that one? A racist or anti- Woke versus racist. Yeah. Um, who found they agreed on everything about race. Uh, yeah, Ryan Long. Brilliant. Very yeah. funny guy. Got it for you at armstrongandgetty.com. So check it out. Um, the Trump campaign has got events scheduled all week long, counter-programming the Democratic Convention. Which, oh, that's unconventional, Jack. No pun intended. Uh, the, the, the convention doesn't need to exist. Some are questioning Trump's blah, 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 blah. Traditionally, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. The convention doesn't need to exist. It's pointless. It will not move a needle of any kind anywhere. Well, it was I, pointless except for getting together and party for 50 years. Now they're not even doing that. Right. It's always been pointless. As uh, Oh, good. Just the meetings part of it. Yeah. Rahm Emanuel said on ABC this week yesterday, he said, people have been trying to kill these for years. Maybe this will finally kill off the convention. Uh, and I'll say the same thing about the Republican one. They don't need to exist. All right. They're just dumb. Well, then and if you don't want to watch this, <laughs> if you want to watch, feel free. I will not be watching. I do want to watch Biden's speech because I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they approach that. Yes. What a In tough terms of if the birds are mic'd up less this time or <laughs> no, the message, Sean, the oh. message. Oh, my God. Well, and then how do you handle it? Let me let me dig up that. Uh, post from the Washington Post, because I thought that was so good. I loved what Rahm Emanuel said. You can't call it a convention if no one's convening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, It's so, so it's like a virtual version of something that need not exist. Who's into that? But Trump is going to counter-program all week long, and he's going to have rallies and stuff like that and probably make the argument, look, I'm out here with the people actually answering questions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're hiding and uh, you know on a screen. Right. Um, as a uh, Biden and now Kamala Harris have not done any of the Sunday shows. Nobody was on any of the Sunday shows yesterday except for Bernie trying to stand up for Biden. And he kind of week he he may he makes the announcement of who his veep is. They don't do any shows. No, usually she would have been on like every show yesterday. They send out Bernie and Amy Klobuchar. Bernard Sanders. That's right. This from the Washington Post. I thought this was good. An unscripted Biden prepares for something he's never faced. The former vice president's speechwriters are attempting to craft something entirely new, a convention speech without built-in applause lines where any pause could look awkward or worse. Trump's going to face that exact same problem. Trump's best, you know, for his personality and everything, that crowd he feeds off of and the ad-libs, that's where he's at his best. Having to sit there and give a speech is, I don't know, it's a tough situation for both of them. I, I think they'd probably both rather just keep them short and move on. Uh, I appreciate the nomination. It's an important collection. Let's move forward together. Here's my website. Donate money. I think something between three and five minutes would be about right for sure. Biden. Nobody's going to complain if it's too short. 
Yeah. I wonder how they will approach it. I think it's got to admit, I'm a little curious. I think it's a little to Biden's disadvantage that he has to go first, since everybody has in their mind what convention speeches look and sound like, and this is going to be so starkly different. You will have seen this one by the time you get to Trump's and realize, oh, yeah, right. But I don't know. The whole thing is dumb. It'll be mumbly and hoarse. I don't mind the idea of a kickoff speech to the official beginning of the campaign. Sure. Now, the fact that we've been talking about this for 450 days mean we've we've gone psychotic as a, as a people. But, okay, now it's beginning. So a kickoff speech, I kind of like that feel. But it will be weird. It will be different. I wonder if they'll have uh, balloons drop from the ceiling of his basement. I do enjoy a good balloon drop ever since I was a little kid. A couple of quick COVID things before we uh, take a break. South Korea is now calling on people to stay at home as it works to contain a new outbreak. So they had it under control. We're getting a lot of credit by the world. Another outbreak, and they're saying everybody stay home. Oh, boy. And a poll just out. 73% of adults in America blame China for the COVID, at least in part. Sure. Of course, at least in part. Even if you hate Trump, I mean, that's just true. Both things are true. Maybe you don't like him, but uh, it came from China, and they covered it up with the active help of the World Health Organization. Lion bastards. Thanks, China. Communists. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, snap. How you doing? Hi, buddy. How are you? How are you? The name's Joe. Oh. Well, hello there, Joe. Uh, as a matter of fact, me. why don't you meet my daughter? The love of my life, the life of my love. She's a fan of yours. Hi, a, how are you? This Hi, is Ashley. Are you? Good, how are you doing? You know the I'm nickname she gave her father when she was growing up? She'd call me Joey B. So yeah. we may be related or something. You having a good good time, Joe? That was stressing me out. Uh, It does stress me out. But any conversation where there's like a delay and everything like that stresses me out for some reason. It's weird. But that was Joe Biden being interviewed by Cardi B. I thought that was actually a pretty good line that he showed up there with. But anyway, Ben Shapiro tweeted, The only way to get an interview with Joe Biden is to rap about your genitals or brag about (laughs) drugging and robbing men. So good luck, Chris Wallace. (laughs) I don't see Chris Wallace bragging about his genitals. Certainly hope he doesn't. Uh, I think Ben Shapiro was just tweeting about this, too, the great uh, postal service hoax conspiracy theory thing. I've finally gotten... I, I've been actively trying to ignore it. because post I could, office exists. I've been there. Well, <laughs> no. The idea that Trump is trying to kneecap the postal service so that people can't vote for Biden. Hmm. Now, Trump has, as he so often does, contributed this by trolling the media. And suggesting that that's what he's doing. It's like the I won't leave office or, or I'm going to run three times. It's just he knows how qu- they they will snap at the bait like a hungry dog. And so he threw that out there. But Paul Saka is writing in the blaze and uh, he does a good job. Um, former President Obama is accusing the president, the current one, of attempting to sabotage the Postal Service. What we've seen in a way that is unique to modern political history is a president who is explicit in trying to discourage people from voting, Obama said during an appearance with uh, his former guy, David Plouffe. Quote, what we've never seen before is a president say, I'm going to try to actively kneecap the Postal Service to encourage voting. I'll be explicit about the reason I'm doing it. That's unheard of. 
But as Paul Sackett points out, oh, I need to know another aspect of this. This is the part that I missed. It went viral over the weekend, I guess, but because I was willfully ignoring it, I missed it. Um, Even pop music singer Taylor Swift parroted that unsubstantiated allegation in a photo from Portland of a truck with several Postal Service mailboxes in the bed went viral last week. And it was captioned in most places, the U.S. Postal Service is literally backing up trucks to mailboxes and taking them away. Here are photos of mailboxes being uh, yanked. And Joe Biden embraced it that that Trump has has tasked the, the Postal Service with going around removing people's mailboxes. Which is, and Biden said at a virtual fundraiser, they're going around literally with tractor trailers picking up mailboxes. You ought to go online and check out what they're doing in Oregon. I mean, it's bizarre. But the postal work, I'm sorry, the Postal Service spokeswoman uh, told The Hill, no, that's common. Historically, mailboxes have been removed for lack of use or installed in growth areas. Relocating low-use boxes to high-traffic areas such as shopping centers, business parks, we do it all the time. When a collection box consistently receives very small amounts of mail for months on end, it costs the Postal Service, blah, blah, blah. So we move them. We do it all the time. And um, indeed... And that's from the post office. Yes. And in in fact, between 2011 and 2016, during the Obama-Biden years, there were roughly 14,000 Postal Service mailboxes removed and moved around. In 2009, the Washington Post article stated, in the past 20 years, 200,000 mailboxes have vanished from city streets, rural routes, and suburban neighborhoods, more than 175,000 that remain. This will matter to no one. No, that absolutely That never not. hears it. No. But I've got to admit, I heard it over and over and over again when I would dabble in the news, this great sure. postal yeah. service scandal. Yeah. And I just thought y'all might like to know what they're talking about and how, as usual, how ridiculous. Ridiculous it is, and, uh, and I, I've I don't know yeah. I don't I don't know where most people are ending up on this situation. I have a feeling same place as me. Exhaustion. Yeah, exhaustion. I hear a story like this and I think, okay, I can either get into this or not. And if I get into it, I gotta like really put some effort into it yep. to try to figure out what it is. And yep. I'm not in the mood, so I think I'll just skip it. Yep. And I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of stories, and and some of them are going to be really significant. But we're just going to think, yeah, well. I've heard different things, and it'd be a lot of work to try to figure out what's true, so I think I'll just ignore it. Yeah. Man. Which is not good. I was just reading an article written by a liberal in The Atlantic, and he was talking about how he intentionally started signing up for uh, more right-wingy news feeds and, and Twitter accounts and the rest of it, and it, it was obnoxiously written. But he said... And it was obnoxious because he never even mentioned that the liberal media is biased. Mm. He acted as though only conservative media could possibly be biased. But he said it was weird because even though I was doing this intentionally and I don't like these sites and I consider them liars, I started to question all the headlines I saw in my favorite media because I thought, well, I don't know. And he attributed it to sort of a a generalized cynicism. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I was tempted to drop him a note and say, is it possible that you just saw another perspective and realized all of the things your media is leaving out? Maybe you, you hint in your article, you practically state in your article that obviously everything in the right wing media was fake and lies. But now, is it possible you realize, wait, wait, my my source didn't mention that at all. 
They didn't mention at all that Obama did the same thing. For instance, that may be a little reason for your cynicism there, buddy. But, of course, he didn't admit to that. But, you know, the point is, the next one of these, I'm going to think, what the hell, I don't care. (laughs) You're right. Joe, we've got a restaurant that was forced to apologize after weighing customers before dining. There was a hair on this. Is this yours, Sean? There was a hair on my story. It's possible. I've never been in more need of a haircut than I am right now. Very shaggy. My son. You look like a beast. My son, who, like you, had not had a haircut since COVID happened. And it was just driving me crazy. I couldn't take it anymore. It's not the fact that he, just the fact that he has long hair, although I do think it looks terrible. Um, It's not that. It's just his constant, like, flipping it around and everything while he's talking just makes me nuts. (laughs) And it's in his eyes. You and my wife share that. It's in his eyes. I can't see him, and he's always messing with it. Yeah. Like, while he talks to you, he's always moving it and quit. Just stop. (laughs) Well, you're a shaven-headed man, but I could recommend a few products for him. He needs product. Yeah. He needs he a really haircut does. is what he needs. Well, listen, again, this is purely... High and tight. That's what he needs. High this, and tight. A little discipline. It's bad parenting. So, so good news, we were going to the lake with his best friend on Saturday, and his best friend got a buzz cut. Oh, boy. And so all of a sudden, the buzz go. cut sounds a little more uh, uh, appealing. Well, now, Jack, you understand that this is purely for radio entertainment, and I'm, in fact, a fictional character. But if you need a clandestine haircut, I can get you one. Well, I can give a buzz cut. So I caught no, him. In, I mean, a, a non buzz oh, cut. I caught him in a mood where he was willing to do it last night, and I've learned over the years that you got to jump on that right away. Tackle him because <laughs> uh, he might change his mind a little bit later. So I had him stand in the bathtub, and uh, I cut his hair. And there was just it was like it was like there was a cat, you know, in the oh, bottom yeah. of the, the the amount of hair and everything like that. But so I did one half of it, like on the side, like the. Western Hemisphere. Wow. Um, wow. And then he looked in the mirror and he said, can we leave it this way? I like the way it looks. So I left it that way. I said, can I leave it this way for one day? So he's got one side that's just like Sean's and one yes. side that's like mine. Wow. Yeah. That's that's punk, man. They call that, because he's got a buddy who wears his hair like that all the time. What's that called? Wild style, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. I know nothing wow. about that. Yeah. Youths these days. <laughs> yeah. Silly youths. Um, I'm reminded of back. When was this? Gladys. Uh, it was, Thank you, Gladys. It's probably. Gladys about to live through her second pandemic. She lived through the 1918 flu. <laughs> and now this one. She's a so survivor. Far. She is. It was probably about eight years ago that my wife had medium long hair, both of my daughters had long hair. And my son, who has hair as thick as a lion, had hair practically down to his waist. And our drains were constantly <laughs> clogged. I, I had to carry around Drano on, strapped to my back like I'm a Ghostbuster or something. <laughs> Every time I'm near a drain, I just pour some of that down there. It was unbelievable. There was hair everywhere. Oh, plus we had a dog. So it's just, oh, my God. I've never seen so much hair. I hope to never see so much again. Is that? Hey, yeah, beautiful hair. Yeah, but it was everywhere. Yeah, I scooped it up with a paper towel and put it in the trash. I didn't even want to try to get it down the drain because oh, it no, was no, so no. much. That's a good good call. Yeah. Oh, I guess man. I'll do the other half of him today. He's got paintball camp today, and it's going to be 110 degrees or something like that. I don't know what that'll be like. With the wild style hair? That's with the excellent. wild style hair. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think it'll, they'll all be walking around like this. Yeah. Trudging. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hot. Do we have to do this? So uh, the boy, Declan, my son, 
I used to give him a, a, a flat top in the garage all the time. We'd go out there. I'd clip out my clippers. We'd talk about life, and I'd cut his hair. One day, I said, it's getting a little shaggy. Are you ready for a haircut? He says, nah, I think I'm going to let it grow some. He did not get a haircut for, I think, two and a half years. Oh, really? Until it was just, it was biblical. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> and it had The to Bible! Weigh, had to, well, yes, sir. It had to weigh like 50 pounds, too. And he he felt like, you know, he put so much time and effort into it, he didn't want to get a cut. And when he finally did, it was like being liberated. It was like being turned loose from prison. He was so happy. God, maybe if... And my drains drained again. Maybe if I could get him to up the hygiene something. He's always sweaty, and he's got this long hair, and it's all <sighs> sweaty in his face. <laughs> oh, gross. I, I know. It grosses me out. Yeah, yeah. Adolescent boys, so nasty. Oh, no kidding. Oh, when so I was just stinky. starting. Oh. Just starting. I noticed the other day, he's ten and a half. I sit next to him on the couch, and I thought, I know it ain't me. Smells like the ape house in the zoo. <laughs> telling you. He's getting the manly musk. Oh, to try to attract a mate. That's not going to attract a mate, son. Too much musk. Exactly. Sounds like a musk ox. I didn't, smells like one. I didn't get to the restaurant who is weighing people, so I will get to that. <laughs> among other things, coming up. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, no, I, I think that we're doing very well. We're on our way, and we're also opening up our economy, and our economy is going to set records. And if uh, stupid people aren't elected next year, we're going to have one of the greatest years that we've ever had. Mr. So don't elect stupid people. Although you heard all that, Mr. President, that's taking questions, which Trump does all the time. Is Joe Biden going to have to take any questions? Is the media finally going to say, hey, you can't become president of the United States and not be willing to stand up there and, you know, take the questions? He even did it again today on the uh, the Fox News morning show. Uh, Fox and Friends, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah, he's done that. He calls in and has reporters Ask him questions. And they actually asked him some reasonably tough questions. I think Trump's going to get more and more trolly in calling Biden out for hiding to the point that, I mean, he will actually question his manhood, his, his patriotism. God knows what Trump will say. This happened in China, Joe, not the United States, thank God. In response to a national crackdown on food waste in China, one restaurant began weighing customers as they entered the establishment. Once their weight was submitted to an app, the restaurant gave them meal suggestions based on an item's caloric content. The restaurant was, however, blasted on social media and has since apologized for causing the offense. So, food waste. So, you go in there, you're you're 20 pounds overweight. They'd say, eh, you go with a uh, nice uh, salad, no dressing. They were urging customers to be thrifty and diligent. You, skinny. You like pie? <laughs> Promoting empty plates, part of their campaign, Operation Empty Plate. Good name. Yeah. It's easy to remember. Yeah. China. What an odd society. Oh, I haven't started the 100-year marathon yet, oh, but I'm looking forward really to it. really interesting. Are we going to have another you one of our little... started. I mean, it takes a while. Apparently. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's right there in the name. Uh, I think that, uh, that'll be our next uh, book club podcast. And I understand the NBA season is over. 
And we're ready for the playoffs. Correct. The uh, playoffs uh, are commencing soon. I don't know if they actually start today or not, but this week I believe they start. Now the two number one seeds, the LeBron Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks with the Greek Freak, both are said to have not played that well. That's what I just read in the paper. That doesn't mean it's true. Uh, And LeBron said himself, this is not the same team we had back in March. Wow. Really? Well, why why would it be? I mean... Every if you if you follow sports, you're regularly amazed that your team you love that won the championship with almost all the same people the next season are regularly just not the same. True, and this is a long time ago when they were playing. So not a ton to play for. Their seedings were pretty much locked sure. in. Uh, combined with the fact that what is home court advantage if we're all playing in Disney World? There's no home no court crowds. Home. Yeah, cheering yeah. to get you pumped up. I mean, that, according to Vegas, home court advantage was only worth about three to four points anyways. But I've heard some people throw out some various, oh, how do we make up for that and give the higher seed some sort of advantage? But I don't think they're going to actually implement anything hmm. uh, in, in this playoffs, at least. Well, the NBA's dead to me because they're down with Marxists. But uh, I wish them good luck, and we will part as friends. Yeah, I was going to get to this. I uh, Maybe tomorrow I will from The Athletic. Why the NBA has a serious viewership problem it needs to fix. And it gets into some of their various issues. So maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yep. Yep. I'm trying to watch a little baseball, but my team is terrible. Just That, that makes awful. it harder. Yeah. And so never mind. I started watching, uh, well, I've watched one episode. I started watching. My wife watches it and tells me about it. And then I watched one episode of Ozark over the oh, weekend. Yes. I had not seen that. Yes. That's a pretty cool show. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Sean loves that but show. But you yeah. said, you, said you, you bailed after a certain number of seasons? No, no, that's Homeland. Oh, okay. And it was season six, by the way. The first several seasons of Homeland are not that good. But Ozark, watch it from the beginning. It is so Good. That little, Hold on. It's a, it's a ride. That little blonde chick is just, what a character. Oh, oh she's yeah. phenomenal. She yeah. went awards and stuff. She certainly should have. She's something else. Yeah. <laughs> Firebrand. Don't mess with the cartels. That's that's the message I'm getting. <laughs> it's a good takeaway. <laughs> Final Thoughts with A-N-G. Yeah! Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo, Michael. You know, before COVID, I was a huge sports fan, but I miss the fans, and I'm trying to watch sports, and I just can't do it now. It's just not the same for me, anyway. So the 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 fanless experience is leaving you cold. Yeah, yeah, huh. it is. Uh, my buddy, uh, the umpire, told me a game will end on a diving catch or a bases clearing home run or whatever, and it ends, and everybody's like, okay. Uh, right, see you see, tomorrow. Back back to work tomorrow, guys. Yeah, all right. Bye. Good night. Weird. Yeah, he said it's so weird. Uh, did you do a positive show? No, not no, yet. Your final thought. It's always nice when you learn something. Today I learned there are such things as bagel guillotines, and I will be a proud <laughs> owner of them at some point because I do love me a bagel. Oh, oh yeah. But yes. so dangerous. Jack, a final thought for us. I ain't watching a second of this stupid so-called convention this week, <laughs> except for maybe Biden's speech Thursday night. And I will cede my time for my final thought to the small gentleman from Los Angeles, one Bill Maher, clip 11. Jesus did heal a slave once, but not to free him, to get him back working. Because this is how slavery was back then. They didn't see it as a problem because no one did. And if you had been back there, you wouldn't have either. You're not better than Jesus or Ulysses S. Grant. You just came later. The great Bill Maher, 
He and I disagree on many things, but he uh, he is sane, which I appreciate. God, I wish more people could catch on to that. Yeah. Um, the brutal and excessively loud minority does seem to be bullying people into uh, silence to a large extent. It's troubling. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Funny new video from Ryan Long. You're going to love it. All the articles we've referenced, videos, etc. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. All the podcasts, you can download them right there. Uh, what else? Oh, swag. Get some swag. Joe will watch every second of the convention. And he'll tell you what the governor from some state you don't even barely know said. You can't make me do that. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? How you doing? Hi, buddy. How are you? How are you? The name's Joe. I'm 